0: From Gimlet, you're listening to Startup, the show about what it's really like to start a business. I'm Alex Bloomberg, and this is a special mini-season devoted once again to our company, Gimlet Media. And longtime listeners may remember the episode in season one where we realized, oh yeah, we need to have some sort of built-in time during the week where we can all talk to each other and share information. The episode where we realized we should have a staff meeting.
1: Um, There's lunch coming. It's on the way, but we're going to start before lunch comes. Fast forward
0: a year later, and that staff meeting is much more official. For one, it's catered, nothing fancy, pizza, but still. Also, there's an agenda with an actual PowerPoint presentation that my co-founder Matt has made. And on the agenda for this meeting, we're introducing all of our new hires to the team. There's Peter Clowney, our new senior editor, Bruce Wallace, a new producer on the startup team, Brittany Luce, the host of a new show we're launching soon, more on that in later episodes, and...
2: Uh, I am Nazanin Rafsanjani. Uh, I... Most recently, was working at MSNBC um, for The Rachel Matter Show, and before that, I worked with several of these people, PJ and at OTM. Um, I'm married to Alex Bloomberg, in case anyone didn't know that. I wish someone didn't know that. That'd be so exciting to break that news. Um, and I'm in charge of uh, the creative content of our ads.
0: Today on the show, what Nasneen walked into her first month on the job, advertising. Advertising is the main source of revenue for our company. We couldn't operate without it. But advertising, and what we say and do on behalf of our advertisers, it's one of the central fault lines here as well. Fault line we were only sort of aware of before Naznin arrived. But once she started doing her job, it became something we couldn't ignore. Naz. Nice.
2: Oh, this is my slide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so
0: so at that staff meeting where Nazne was officially introduced, we talked about how one part of her job would be taking over production of the ads that appear in the middle of our podcasts, the ads that you'll hear in about 15 minutes or so.
2: Just me helping you guys come up with content for ads. Like I want to feel out with each team how big of a burden that is for the hosts and for the producers and like make the ads better. So that's part of my job.
0: But there was another side of her job as well.
2: The other part of my job is... Um, To figure out, you know, we have uh, lots of interest, I think that's accurate to say, from a a bunch of, like, different companies that want us to make a podcast season or, you know, an ongoing podcast, but really mostly a season, of podcasts that are just, that are sponsored content.
0: Sponsored content, also sometimes called branded content. It's when a brand or a company pays a media company money to make a video or an article or a blog post, or in our case, a podcast. The sponsored content is paid for by the brand, and the brand has editorial control over that content. And just to give you an example, I'm looking at this page on the New York Times website called Cities Energized. It's all about the switch from rural to urban living and what that means for the cities of tomorrow. And it's beautiful. It's got all these amazing animations, lush videos, infographics about the urban population in the year 2050, And at the top of the page, it says, paid content. And then there's the Shell oil logo. And this page lives on the Times website, but it wasn't produced by the editorial staff of the Times, the ones who write the articles and win the Pulitzers. It was produced for Shell by another division within the Times, a division called T-Brand Studio. What Nazneen was saying in that meeting is that she was going to explore the possibility of creating Gimlet's own version of T-Brand Studios. And sponsored content, you might know, is a controversial topic. With the Times page that I mentioned, sure, there's that Shell logo right on the top, and and there's a banner that says Paid Content. But, you know, the font's not huge, and it's possible you could interact with that page and not fully understand that it was a sophisticated ad for Shell Oil. But sponsored content is also a staple of any modern media business. Vice, Slate, BuzzFeed, National Geographic, The Wall Street Journal obviously the New York Times, almost any media company you can think of, it has a division that produces branded content. And for my co-founder, Matt, there's a very compelling case for building out a branded content division here. Mainly, it'll help take the pressure off our one primary source of revenue, the ads you hear in
1: the middle of our podcasts. Ad supported is one leg of the stool, and then you have others. And brand, whatever you want to call it, like branded content, helping brands tell their story, doing the work that ad agencies used to do. It's a big category of growth. So there's an appetite. And we are really well positioned to meet that demand Uh and to basically create a cash flow business that we can feed back in to the editorial side of the business. In other words, the
0: more successful our branded content division is, the more it can fund other ambitious podcasts that our listeners, we hope, will love. Now, regular listeners may recall an earlier podcast where I brought up this new initiative we were launching, Gimlet Memberships. For five bucks a month, you get exclusive early access to pilots, you get t-shirts, you get other surprises. In fact, for members, there's a couple surprises coming your way very soon. And our members provide a very meaningful source of revenue to us. But still, the vast majority of our money, it comes from those ads we play during our podcast, which means we are still vulnerable if ad rates fall. Which is what happened to other types of digital media. Just ask BuzzFeed and Slate and the New York Times. So it spurred them to launch branded content divisions in the first place. So I, we might not end up using any of this recording. Just this is because this is more just planning. But I'm just going to record just in case to get us used to the
1: idea of it. Is there anyone in this company who's like not used to the idea that everything you say is <laughs> is on record?
0: It's morning on a Thursday, and I'm sitting at a table in our office's shared kitchen with Nazanin, my producer Eric Mendel, and Matt. We're meeting to discuss just what a branded content podcast would look like anyway. Matt's been getting lots of requests from companies who want us to make them one. He lays out the list of who's reached out so far.
1: We have a big financial services company. Um, We have a, a large industrial company and a technology company that helps people find and buy real estate. That last
0: company, the technology company that helps people buy real estate, that's a company called Zillow. And Zillow was the primary reason we were gathered to talk. Zillow is a site that people use when they're hunting for a house or an apartment. And one of the things that Zillow does is it collects all sorts of data about the real estate market. And it has journalists working there that it's hired from the Seattle Times to go through the data and tell stories that Zillow then puts on its website. All of this made Nazneen feel that Zillow would be a good company to make our first sponsored content podcast with.
2: It like has a lot of potential for... For actual stories that people would want to listen to, and the company itself is like confident enough, I guess is is the word to um, let us do what we want to do. Let us actually make stories about people, and you know, make something good instead of like an interview with their CEO to just like have their CEO be like, blue, blue, blue. We don't want to do that. (laughs) <laughs>
1: have, have companies said
0: to you that like we want our CEO
2: to... we got our, an RFP
1: that was like, we're looking for a you know, six-episode project, 30 minutes each, um, and each episode is bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> and I
2: was like, absolutely not. No.
1: Nazneen
0: had had a couple conversations with Zillow, and she'd come up with a proposal that she'd sent them. Six episodes, 20 to 30 minutes long, each focusing on a different story that she and Zillow would dig out of the data that they were producing on the housing market. She imagined it would be a pretty ambitious series, taking the same editorial approach we'd take with any podcast. There'd be travel, lots of production, a lot of the same process we talked about in the last episode of Startup. And thus, it would be expensive. In our proposal to Zillow, we told them that six episodes would cost well into the six digits.
2: Now they have our proposal for what we want to do, and I've had, like, several conversations with various people there, and, um, and they also know what we want to charge, which is like kind of a scary part in all of this, because going into some of these conversations, we don't know if we're at all on the same page with people about what we're planning on charging them, what they're expecting them to pay.
0: Also, we had no idea if they would be okay with our ground rules around sponsored content. Naznin joined me in the studio, and we talked about them.
2: My assumption was that really the only model that we would consider was that, that it would essentially have nothing to do with our brand so that like our listeners would never be confused. Like would, it would never confuse like a startup listener or like a mystery show listener. Like we create a podcast series for you Zillow we give it to you and you build your audience from zero around that podcast series. It's up to you. Like, it's up to you, Zillow. Like, we we just make it for you and we hand it over to you. We don't use our any of our existing podcast channels to distribute it to anybody.
0: In other words, we wouldn't put a Zillow podcast on our website. We wouldn't announce it on our other shows, the way we did with our recently launched show, Surprisingly Awesome. Also, we wouldn't put it in the feed of Startup the way we did when we launched Mystery Show. It would just be a thing we helped make for a fee for Zillow. The only way listeners of Gimlet shows would hear about it at all would be if Zillow bought an ad telling people about it in the middle of Reply All or Surprisingly Awesome or one of our other Gimlet podcasts.
3: Joining conference now.
2: Hello? Hello. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. It's Nazanin.
0: So the next day, Nazanine and Chris Giliberti, our chief of staff, Got on a call with Emily Hefter, the public relations person for Zillow. This would be our first clue as to whether anyone actually wanted what we were selling,
2: so I guess um, I guess that we are this is us us sort of checking in with you guys after um we sent you our our proposals. Uh, and, you know, just wanting to know what your thinking is at this point,
3: okay. So we liked um, the ideas and everything um, in the proposal, but we, we felt a little like it misunderstood what it is we're trying to do. Okay. The cost is one problem. Like, it's just, it's just way, way more than we were thinking. In fact, we had to go over to our brand integration people and kind of ask, like, what's even normal? Like, what do you pay if you're just buying ads? Um,
1: I just would love on my end to know um, what you're thinking in terms of price. Is is there a number that you're managing to that way just when we come back, we can present options that are focused around um, a set of, you know, just within your budget?
3: Yeah. No number. I don't know of a number off the top of my head. Um, we are interested, I think, in knowing this, the spectrum of Options. You know, what do we get for fifty dollars? What do we get for four hundred fifty thousand? <laughs> for fifty
2: dollars, um, exactly. what would you get? I know that'd be that'd be uh, t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. A cup, maybe a couple t-shirts. <laughs> a t-shirt. um,
3: and so the cost is was one problem. The other, um, the other thing was just that we want to pursue more of something that's an editorial partnership meaning that's less of like a heavily branded Zillow podcast and more something that is a Gimlet podcast.
2: Um, in, in terms of um, the uh, a, it being a Gimlet podcast, uh, that is like, if we are, we, we can't run, like if we are um, having a, if If you guys are involved in the editorial process, like if you guys have an editing say in the in the content, then that is branded content for us. It's not editorial content for us. You know what I mean? That's kind of just a red line for us. Like we can't partner with a brand and give them editorial say in the content if it's as if if it's a gimlet podcast. Um, it's just like the, I can't, I can't figure out a way that I could make that work. You know, uh, I
3: understand it. I mean, I um, spent a long time as sort of an old school yeah. journalist, so I completely understand the ethics around it. Yeah. Um, I also appreciate that you guys are trying to start something new. So maybe there's a way to um, stick to those ethics and be upfront with your listeners about what exactly is going on and who's paying for it and what the who has control over what. Um, and still put out a podcast that would be great for them, and great for Zillow, and great for Gimlet.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, l- listen. It's like it's. I. I think. I think there's like a, a really. I think there's just a lot of potential here, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I'm psyched about what you guys are doing, and I, I. hope. I hope we can figure out some a way to work together because I feel like, you know, I feel like we do. I feel like we'd make something really cool if we could. I do too. One, two. Here, try this cookie. I know it's wow. really, really, really ugly. <laughs> <But> they
0: <laughs> It looks like it has a. It looks like a, a lifesaver got melted on top of it.
2: <laughs> it's basically what happened.
0: Back at home, a couple days later, Nazni and I talked about that call with Zillow while sampling cookies that she'd made earlier with the kids. This was actually the second batch.
2: I remade the batch after we used rancid flour.
0: <laughs> you don't know if it was rancid.
2: Well, I opened it and it and it smelled weird. And I was like, oh. I wonder if this is just how bread flour smells. It didn't smell like it just smelled weird. And then like I baked them and I like smelled the cookies and I was like, they smell weird. Like this can't be what bre- bread flour smells like. And then I looked at the bag and it said that it expired in April of 2012. <laughs>
0: It expired before Samira was born.
2: It, inspired, it expired a month before our three-and-a-half-year-old daughter was born. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So we moved here with it.
2: We, we moved rancid flour from one apartment to another. <laughs> we literally paid somebody to move rancid flour. <laughs> yep.
0: Over non-rancid cookies, Nazneen told me that the Zillow call had been a disappointment. One of the reasons she'd wanted to leave the field she'd been in for 10 years, journalism, to work on the ad side, had been the promise of doing ambitious branded podcasts, like what we'd pitched Zillow. She had this theory that if we became known as the place where companies could go to get excellent branded content, content that was as well-produced as any other podcast out there, that that would be a win-win for everyone. Companies could get a trophy podcast that people loved, Gimlet could bring in a lot of cash, and she'd get to make something creatively interesting— but behind all that was this one condition, that the branded podcast we make for companies would be totally separate from Gimlet podcasts. That call with Zillow and calls that Nazneen had had with other companies who'd approached us about making podcasts for them had made her realize that a big part of the reason they wanted us was specifically for the association.
2: They want us to make a podcast for them that we put out over our channels. But then they edit it with us, like mm-hmm. they have editorial and fi- like final say over it. The way we would—that's what that's what they want. Of course, that's what they want, because like that would be great for them. Right. So. But that but that will never happen. I mean, but I feel like that's no. Fine. I know. I know it will never happen. It worries me because it leads me down into the spiral where I'm like, oh my god, what if this thing that I thought was the right thing to do. Like this area that I thought was like the right thing to explore for your company is like, I'm never going to be able to get it off the ground because companies aren't going to want to do the like extremely narrow thing that we're willing to do, which is like, let's make you a white label. Like let's make you a super expensive white label podcast that like we do not distribute and we do not pass off as our own in any way, shape or form. And like, who's going to want that? You know, and then what if, that even that like turns people away from you guys cuz they think that it has something to do with your editorial brand, you know. It just made me it just made me go into a, a spiral. It just that con- I think that conversation with her just made me feel like, "Oh god, like I have all these like
0: principles."
2: Yeah, like these like journalistic principles. You're a businesswoman now. <laughs>
0: You're like, it's so funny, you're like on the, you're, it's like fully, you're on the fully on the business side.
2: Yeah. Fully on the business side. It's
0: like, it sounds like that's sort of hitting you.
2: Yes, it is hitting me.
0: I was Mm -hmm. worried about this happening a little bit. You were so, so gung ho to like Mm -hmm. abandon everything you've been doing for the last 10 years. I
2: know. I know. Yes. I don't have an explanation for that. I might have been wrong, though. I don't know. I'm worried that this. I don't want to do this job. Yeah.
0: I think it's way too early to say whether you're wrong or not. Like, you've been doing this for three weeks. Coming up, concerns over-sponsored content turn into fights over-sponsored content. Between me and Matt, all caught on tape. That's right, I'm teasing my own reality show moment. That's coming up after these words from our sponsors. Welcome back to Startup, the show about what it's really like to start a business. The call with Zillow made us all realize that we had a bunch of questions about our venture into sponsored content that we really needed to answer. Like, what if everyone we talked to wanted what Zillow wanted? And more basically, if we weren't making companies like Zillow a Gimlet podcast, what were we making them? What would we even call this part of the company that Nasni was running? G Studios, Gimlet branded? My personal favorite, a deep cut for regular listeners, Arello Industries? Arello Industries, anyone? So it was that innocuous seeming question, what do we name this? That Naznan kicked the meeting off with.
2: I I want you guys to be on the same page about how closely we brand it to the word gimlet, because I feel like I don't, I actually have no idea where you both stand on that. Um, I mean, that's not, I feel, I think that you're like, that you feel a little uncomfortable with calling it like a gimlet studios or gimlet creative or gimlet what something. yeah.
0: Well I think I mean I think it's just probably um, you know, I mean we we should d- define the range of options for what sort of like what we could do for brands. So on the on the most extreme thing that they would love, they would love us to create a show called Gimlet Show that is like sort of like entirely sponsored by whatever but they have editorial control and we release it and it's up on the website and then we just sort of cross promote it across all our shows just like we normally do. On the other side, it's pure white label. Like, we just make it for them, and then it's up to them to sort of get, get, you know, listeners to it. I Those are the say. two, like, you know, sort of like, on the one side is sort of like, you take the startup feed and you release your GE podcast in the startup feed, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Which would be insane. Yeah. I, but yeah, I don't
1: think it's insane. I don't think we should do it. I definitely don't think we should do it because of the reaction. But it's actually, I don't think it's insane. It's actually how, it's how, like... Other media have worked forever. It's like when you get the Times, there's an like a advertorial that's folded into the magazine. It's part of the container of the thing that you're receiving. What became clear during this meeting
0: was that this conversation about sponsored content was stirring up all sorts of other feelings in Matt and me, feelings that went beyond the topic at hand and directly into the central tension in any ad-supported media business. Who exactly is the customer? The listener or the advertiser? Now, I'm going to play this next part of the conversation, and you're going to hear a couple beeps. We beep the dollar amount that a company paid to advertise on startup. That dollar amount was part of a confidential negotiation. We're also beeping the name of a bank that Matt had had a confidential conversation with. And the bank had been very clear with Matt. This is what we want
1: out of a sponsored podcast. We want to reach... People who are decision makers in Washington and in boardrooms, and we want to influence them. Right. So one brand for this is Gimlet Influence, or just Influence. That's one brand.
3: I but,
0: turn it to yeah. your eyes got so big. <laughs> I was like, this sounds like you want us to like wait, just open up an office on K Street. Like, yeah, like
1: no, no
0: way. Am I going to be a lobbying arm of f- bank? No way. Yeah.
1: Actually, that's so. But actually, that's that is the. So if we're go- so, the nature of branded content is it's client service, and the client here is and their goal is to, is, it's not to open up an office on K Street, but it is to change the thinking of regulators, because that's really important to them. And also, not so much to change the thinking, but like to position as a, a trusted brand. In the same way that we are positioning Squarespace, as a brand that cares about design and beauty, build it beautiful. Well, so,
0: <laughs> I mean, but when you say those things, how do you feel about that? Oh, I'm, the reason I'm
1: saying it is because that's the biz- That is this business. But how do you feel about that? I feel fine about it. That's what advertising is. I feel.
0: I feel like. I feel yucky about that. When you say those things out loud, it makes me feel like gross. Just the idea that we're devoting a lot of mental energy to helping a big bank influence regulators in washington just like that i don't want to be on that i don't like i understand that that's part of what they're what they're doing but i i don't like that
1: i don't know Wakes me up thinking about why do you think ford spent dollars advertising on startup
0: because
1: because there's a
0: they because there's a bunch of um because they have the car, that they they have cars that they want to sell, and we have uh, and our listeners have money to spend on cars, and they want and we have a lot of listeners. It's that feels like pretty straightforward. Like there's like we have the kind of listeners that they want to reach. We're a good way to reach them. That I don't have a problem with. Like I, I feel like that's okay. But once you start sort of going deep into sort of what does the client want, I feel like we want to keep our eye on the ball of like who are who our ultimate customer is here, right? Like, it's well, but it's interesting. We have,
1: we have yeah. multiple customers and. Our priority is the listener listener first in fact when people ask me about Gimlet and what the culture here is I say complete focus on excellence listener first in other words we're not making it for ourselves or anyone else we're making it for our listeners Um, and then it's a team sport so for me it's listener first advertisers are also a customer yeah in fact that's how we pay the bills so so I I was just asking you like are you like when like wait, is there know, a like in the ball there's not one ball. If you want to do one ball then that's a different business model. <laughs>
0: I totally
1: understand that like we have a business to run and we need
0: to generate revenue. I also feel like that one of the things that I find very freeing and exciting about starting a business is that like the only rules are the rules that we decide. And like that's why I was asking how you feel about it. Cuz like ultimately it does just come down to how you and I feel about the direction we want to go in. I
1: don't and like that actually I think we're like it's I think it's not that simple. So you you like there <laughs> running the company by feeling is not the only way
0: to run the company. Matt and I were having that experience that maybe you've had where you're in a fight and neither one of you knows what it's about. He told me later that he would actually never want to name our branded content division Gimlet Influence. That he'd never want to drop a branded content podcast directly into the feed of one of our regular Gimlet shows. But something about this conversation was pressing
1: both our buttons, prompting us to say things more strongly than we actually believed. How we feel about it is one thing and we can do what we want to do. But I also want us to consider like what the implications are for how the business is gonna grow. I, I feel like we're
0: having two separate conversations. I feel like you're trying to convince me that that uh, the bottom line is important and I, and I fully realize that the bottom line is important. So like, I'm all, I, I understand all of that. I, I just, so I- how is this well this is I think the the difference is that I think I just I guess I want to know that yeah that's what they're in, in it for but I feel like we also should know what we're in it for and if we're in it for this is good because it's going to fund the business and we, we can tell good stories that are going to be meaningful to us as well then that's fine if it's just going to be like we are going to tell your story like if it if I just want us to, like, not be entirely hired guns, in, ever. Like, I think that's... I, and I, it is... It's, I,
1: I, I wouldn't... There are a lot... So I see no to brands all the time who want to advertise in a show. Part of that is because we don't have the inventory. Part of it is I don't think they're big enough or have the budgets. And part of it is, like, I'm, I don't want to promote a nutritional supplement. Right. And I'm not going to promote, like, um, e-cigarettes. I when we like when I think about the company I want to build, I want to build a very large and very meaningful company. And what does meaningful mean? Meaningful means it generates meaningful um, returns. It is a meaningful place for employees to work and it creates meaningful experiences for listeners. And meaningful also means like, choosing making choices about the company that are based on more than just bottom line. I've never felt that way. That's not true at all. Nothing I've ever done has should like give you the impression. So that that's not why I want to be a, like in this company. I think this company is about way more than that. Mm-hmm. I think
0: my, the what you're hearing, and what you're hearing about like m- all this talk about my gut, I feel like when I say stuff like that, you think like, we're just gonna wing it. And like, we shouldn't have spreadsheets. <laughs> Fuck, it's just how we feel. And I'm not like, that's not, that's <laughs> not what I mean at all. I just feel like sometimes, I feel like I'm a caricature of myself to you sometimes, and you're a caricature of yourself to me sometimes. And I feel like my caricature is sort of like I'm the feeling guy, and like I just I just like I run things based on like that feels good, that doesn't feel good, and uh and like and then you're the business guy, and like if if by God if if you know if we if a lobbying arm produces revenue for us, then we're gonna do that. And I know that's a caricature of you, and I feel like I'm the the feeling guy is a caricature of me, and I feel like sometimes when we have these conflicts, it's because we're sort of like. Like we like all of a sudden the cartoon versions of ourselves rears their heads and we're like, wait a minute, is this is he really the cartoon that I'm wearing if he is, or something like that? I don't know, does that seem accurate? Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Most fights deep down are either about fear or respect. Often both. And this one was no exception. My fear about losing the trust of our listeners. Matt's about failing to capitalize on a lucrative revenue stream that could help the business thrive. We each shared these fears, of course, but each of us had our favorite, the one that nestled up in our amygdala and kept us awake at night. And In times of stress, it became possible to see the other's prioritization of a different fear as a sign of disrespect. Matt could start to wonder whether I didn't value all the work, planning, and creative thinking he was doing to help build out a functional line of revenue. After all, without revenue, this whole business falls apart. Whereas I could start to wonder whether Matt didn't value all the work and planning and creative thinking I was putting into making each new show. After all, without the shows, the business falls apart. That meeting was helpful, and it led to a lot of these realizations. What it did not lead to, though, were any concrete recommendations about our branded content. What we should call the division that produces it, what we should price it at, should we even do it? But at a certain point, we realized we're not the only ones who've wrestled with these issues. There are other companies out there that could maybe help us. So, so actually, this
2: is our partner studio team, our oh, native cool. advertising team. You're oh, looking oh, at it right, like in, in the wild. Like in the wild. <laughs> everyone that we're looking Here, at. Yeah, everyone,
1: everyone you're looking
0: at.
2: Oh, wow. you can, that's our, in that's your our alarm case. Yeah, that, that is a, that is quite quite a large. Everyone team. you can
1: see.
0: We're at the offices of the Huffington Post. It's me, Nazneen, Chris Gilberti, and Eric, our producer. We're seated with the COO, Koda Wang, and the head of the branded content division here at Huffington Post, Lori Baker. We're in a glass-walled conference room, and just outside us, we can see a vast floor filled with millennials and near-millennials, maybe a hundred strong. They're all in front of computer terminals, and they're all producing content for brands that will appear on the Huffington Post website. This is the branded content division of the Huffington Post, HuffPo partner studio, one version of the future that Nasning could be building at Gimlet. Koda takes out his laptop and pulls up an example of the work that that team outside our conference room produces. It's a video on their site for Clorox. Um,
1: All right, so this is a
0: a branded video we did. It's about germs. Our guys here did it. This video of kids explaining germs is so cute, it's sick. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. Germs are everywhere. (laughs) On your face, on your eyes, on the camera.
0: The video features kids doing, you know, just what the title promises.
2: You can't even see them, and they're invisible! Germs are boogers!
0: They don't mention Clorox themselves, but all around the border surrounding the video, you see the Clorox logo. Lori says that just five years ago or so, the branded content floor across from us didn't exist.
3: So when we started, we literally had like two people, um, like a writer and an editor. And really all we had to do was kind of edit and then, you know, provide feedback. Hey, that's too salesy. Hey, let's not sell a product. Let's make it more journalistic storyline.
0: This was back when news sites like the Huffington Post made most of the money selling banner ads. But then the ad rates plunged, There were lots of late nights and scrambling and worrying at the Huffington Post headquarters. And today, there's the floor across from us. Lori laid out how they navigate potential conflicts of interest at the Huffington Post. She says that if you work on this floor, if you're writing sponsored posts for brands, say, then you cannot work on the editorial side and vice versa. People can move back and forth, but they can't do both at the same time. But when we laid out something that felt like a hard, fast line to us, that we would not put sponsored content podcasts directly into the feeds of our Gimlet shows, neither her nor Coda saw it as a big deal.
2: It's like going into someone's house and putting something in their refrigerator. That's, That's our challenge advantage. because but, it's but really and choose personal. whether or not to eat it yeah. once it's in their I know, fridge. No, but wouldn't that freak you out? You'd no, be, you like, be like, "Where did this tofu come from?" Most
0: it's, free ex- food. <laughs> <laughs> it's free food. You don't have Last to eat half it. full. You yeah. don't Last half full. My producer, Eric, asked Laurie and Coda, were there things that we should keep in mind as we try to figure this all out for ourselves?
1: It feels to me like we're sort of like the new kid on the playground, and like you guys might already have rules set up within the industry, like these are the kinds of sectors we don't really deal with, or these are the people we really like to deal with. Are there things you should like warn us against, or be like, oh. (laughs) Don't (laughs) talk to (laughs) that. Yeah.
3: Um, No, I don't, and I think what's really interesting is we're finding that every publisher and every platform Right now is coming up with their own model. I think you guys have the opportunity to define what branded podcasts could and should be.
0: Okay, we are working on what branded podcasts could and should be. As of this recording, we do not have any branded podcasts in production. We weren't able to move forward with Zillow, but we are still in discussions with various other companies. And we're still in discussions with ourselves. But we do want to try. And at least personally, one of the reasons I want to try, other podcast companies like the Panoply Network out of Slate are already doing it, and this is key, they're doing it really well. Like, there's this one sponsored podcast. It's produced by Panoply for GE. It's called The Message. It's a fictional podcast, sort of a present-day sci-fi thriller. And it's really interesting, compelling, innovative definitely worth listening to and i realize i started out talking about having brands pay gimlet to make podcasts and i've ended up here talking for free about how a brand paid some other company to make podcasts so maybe i'm doing this whole thing wrong but the point is there's exciting stuff happening all around and if we can be part of it and help support the business as well that'd be cool right we'll keep you posted As part of putting together this show, we realized that even though there's a lot that we're exploring here, there are a lot of things that we do know for sure. A lot of principles that we hold to when we're doing our ads. And so we decided to pull those together and make them public. You can find the Gimlet Media Advertising Guidelines on our website, gimletmedia.com. Click under the Latest tab at the top of the site. Startup was produced this week by me and Eric Menel. Our editors were Peter Clowney, Lisa Chow, and Caitlin Kenny. Music by John Kimbrough and HotMoms.gov. Mark Phillips wrote and performed our theme song. Our ad music is by Build Buildings. Our website, GimletMedia.com, where you can find out more about the show and all of Gimlet's other shows, including Reply All. They recently did a podcast where they performed a secret experiment here at work to try to enhance host PJ Vogt's
1: performance. At one point, I noticed my boss, Matt Lieber, was sort of looking at me funny, he asked me if something was going on, so I pulled him aside for a quick interview. So, Matt Lieber? Yes. Uh, we're doing an experiment where I've been taking small amounts of LSD before work, and sometimes at work. What, why are you talking, why are you telling me that, like, what do you want? You, nothing, I don't want anything from you, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Well, I'll tell you what, I actually have thought you've been kind of distanced, from This you've been a little, um, distanced this week.
0: Really? And you thought Startup gave you an inside story. That podcast, by the way, is weird and sort of sad and beautiful. You can hear more by subscribing to Reply All. One last thing. We're hiring a producer for the Startup podcast. Go to gimletmedia.com and click on the careers button. It's all the way at the bottom of the homepage. We tweet at Podcast Startup. I'm at Abex Lumberg. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Startup where we talk about money. All about money some big news. Until then, thanks for listening.